Thanks for joining me today for episode 20 of the High School Basketball Referee with Mark Fralick podcast. My guest today is Angelo Zalotis of Maynesville, Ohio, in the southwest area of the Buckeye State. When I was told of Angelo, uh, the comment that I received was this. Be sure to ask him about his mom's baklava. <laughs> so, in today's five quick decisions section, you'll hear Angelo's answer to that question. Uh, Angelo has been a high school basketball official for 26 seasons and has officiated the past 18 years as a regional official. He's also worked in five state final four games. He has been and is still very active with the Greater Cincinnati Basketball Officials Association, and he's also a member of the Ohio Valley Basketball Officials Association. As I mentioned, Angelo is extremely active, check this out, with the Greater Cincinnati Basketball Officials Association. He was on the advisory board in 2006 through 2008. He was vice president from 2008 to 2009. He was president in 2009-2010, past president 2010 to 2012, interim IT director from 2011 to 2015, and secretary from 2014 to present, and he's increased membership from about 130 to around 330 uh, in which it is currently. He's also uh, the OHSAA Southwest District Secretary Association President from 2017 until today, and he's also uh, a committee member Uh, for the OHSAA Hall of Fame, and he's been doing that since 2017. What a a great uh, example of someone who gets involved in not only the association, uh, but but also with officiating on a state level. So I think you're really going to enjoy what you hear from him. The podcast is possible each week because of the support from our major sponsor, and that's PQ2 LLC along with its owner and fellow basketball official and friend, Matt Kearns. Please visit pq-2.com and learn more about PQ2 LLC. If you would like to become a sponsor of any of the segments that we offer here on the podcast, please contact me at markfralick at hotmail.com. And with 2021 also comes new opportunities for you as well. And if you would like to consider a gift to help support this podcast, I'd appreciate it very much. Go to anchor.fm backslash mark dash and click on the support button. You can make a one-time gift or you can utilize the various monthly options. And I thank you in advance for those gifts. And finally, be sure to subscribe to this podcast When you subscribe, you can receive an update on your device whenever a new episode appears. I hope you enjoy listening to Angelo. He has a lot of interesting stories to tell, some excellent officiating ideas to pass along as well. Enjoy the show. Well, it's good to be back for 2021, and the first guest today, as you heard, is very busy uh, with his association and uh, Angelo I just welcome you to the show thanks for being the first guest of 2021 <laughs> well Mark thank you it's an honor to kick off a new year in this regard so thank you right on yeah um you know you, you look at your career and and boy you, you know several uh, consecutive regional tournaments and and the state tournaments uh, five of them now 
Um, anything really kind of stand out uh, for you in, in any of those games? Um, yeah, there was, there's been a couple that, you know, stood out. There was a regional final, um, Moeller and Lakota East that uh, went down to the wire last second shot, um, down at, it was actually played at Xavier at Cintas center a few years back, which was, uh, probably one of the most exciting games I had been involved in. Uh, it was, uh, back and forth, you know, Moeller trying to hold on. And I think they actually did end up. Uh, holding on to the lead and, and advancing to the uh, state tournament. So uh, just a great atmosphere. You know, it's what high school basketball should be about. The atmosphere, uh, two really good teams, you know, game going down to the wire. Both of them had opportunities to win. Uh, so it's it's from an officiating standpoint, probably what we all would love to see on a, you know, night in, night out basis. Um, we, we don't get it every night in night out but uh, I think that's one that really sticks out for me and it was very enjoyable um, just again being involved in that atmosphere was probably and this is obviously pre-COVID it's a few years ago so it was a, a packed house um, in that regard uh, but just you know again you wish you had more of those yeah, no doubt. Those are the best games uh, when the when the crowd's rocking and the games are good. Yeah. That that makes you feel and you have a good game together as a crew makes you feel good when you can get out of there as well. Um, in looking at your uh, biography as well, and and again, as everybody had heard, you were extre- you are extremely involved in association work. Um, talk a little bit about the importance of being involved in your own local association. Um, you know. I think I'd learn maybe not quite early on, but early on enough where um, you have to be involved to give back. Uh, because again, uh, yeah, yeah, as much as we all think highly of ourselves, you know, that, Oh well, God, once I stop officiating, it's, it's going to die off. Well, that's not the case. Um, and the way it's not going to die off and why I got really involved in, in the association is, is really passing along the opportunity for younger officials to get them involved, to get them, um, ed- I'll call it educated, to get them mentorship, to again, to leave a legacy. So when I do decide to finally hang it up here in a few years or so, uh, you know, whenever that time may come, that I know there will be people behind me, younger in age, um, that have gained the experience, have gained the knowledge, have gained the education, hopefully you know, a little bit from me, maybe not a ton, but um, it's really just, again, making sure this game continues on. Um, and I say, you know, the game of basketball continue on, but the ability to officiate the game of basketball. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a lifelong basketball player. Um, I coached for a few years, um, and then I got into officiating. And so for me, I've been around basketball hell since you know my youth um, you know second third fourth grade so it's the love of the game um, that's gotten me involved and you know I wasn't a great basketball player by any means I participated probably better terminology than played um, when I when I was younger in age but uh, I really took a liking took a love to officiating uh, once I got involved in it so you know my my idea is, you know, we've taken our association membership um, probably over the last six, seven years. We've doubled it in numbers. Um, 
Mm. Again, we know there's a shortage, quote unquote, of officials um, that have has been ongoing for the last few years. So it, I've taken it sort of personally and said, you know, I, I want to make sure I can recruit and retain newer officials um, for our association and for some of the local associations here in the, in the Cincinnati area where I'm based. Uh, it's it's more the aspect of giving back um, than anything else. And so, I, like I said, I think I used the word legacy earlier. I just hope to leave some kind of legacy. I hope to leave some kind of footprint within my own association saying, you know, hey, from the time I got involved to now and, and when I leave, I've left it better than when I found it. Um, and that's really my goal and, and really my driving force in terms of being involved uh, from an association standpoint. What might be some of the unique things that you guys do in your association for the retention and, and the recruitment of officials that might help other people who are involved in associations and are listening? Uh, I don't know if we do many unique things necessarily, but we, we really hammer home the importance to our current officials of trying to recruit and then make sure that they can help us retain new officials. Uh, a mentorship program is, is probably one of the bigger things for us. You know, we try to bring in a new official, match them up to a, a more veteran official so that again, they have a sounding board they can go to and hopefully they can build a relationship with that veteran official that'll allow them to stay involved long-term. Um, you know, I, I think what I see typically as a secretary of the association is we'll get a group of, you know, maybe 20 or 25 on an average year that come in and within one to two years, in some cases, one year, you know, we've lost five to, to six of those new officials. Wow. So again, I, I've sort of found that you know, we've got to find a way to, you know, get these guys involved. Um, yeah, and you're not going to keep all of them. Again, it's not basketball officiating is not for everyone. Um, you know, you deal with a lot of different personalities from a, a coach, from a parent perspective, uh, from a fan perspective. So again, I agree, I get it's not for everyone, uh, but we do you know definitely try to recruit through our current membership more so than anything else. Um, Again, because we know that if you've done it currently, you've got a pretty good idea of what it takes to be a, a, an official, what it takes to stay with officiating. And again, if you can recruit a friend, a family member, uh, whoever it may be, you know, just an acquaintance, and they've got a sounding board they can go to to, to you know, hey, I've got a problem with this or this occurred. How how would you handle it? I think that's helped us retain some of these officials um i mean like i said again we lose some every year but i think you know we're 75 percent re retention maybe 25 percent loss um, but once we get them past year two we do see a, a longer retention period for our officials um, as long as they can stay injury free yeah how's the season going so far this year it's been definitely different you know <laughs> with with our uh schedules changing and and picking up games uh here and there and and i know i've had a i've even had a sunday game this year so i i know things are just really um off the wall but how's your season going and any special uh situations that have happened that you want to talk about um the, the season's okay so far it, it, it's been uh, unique to say the least yeah. uh, you know trying to deal with some of the covid protocols and 
some schools do it a little differently than other schools here where I'm at. Um, it, it, it's uh, it's unique in that regard. Um, my first game out of the shoot this year, we had zero fans, no parents, no one else. It was, I think, the only non-players were the coaches, one athletic trainer, and the AD, and the three officials in the gym, and that was a unique experience to say the least. Uh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it was very quiet. Um, but, uh, you know, again, that's that's what it is. You know, 2020, maybe 2021, hopefully not 2021, but 2020 for basketball was very unique in that regard. Um, I've had quite a few cancellations. Uh, I've had a few makeup games that, you know, have gotten scheduled. But, uh, you know, overall the season's gone okay. Um, I, I give these kids and coaches credit. I, I can't imagine what they're dealing with on a day-to-day basis, you know, and Hey, are we going to play this week? You know, are, are we going to be able to practice this week, etc.? cetera? Um, I, I, I do see, I think a little more raggedness in the, the level of play this year. And I, I, I would, you know, maybe chalk that up to the ability of the inconsistency when it comes to practice um, and the opportunity to, to get your full team together at times uh, with COVID, but, but uh, overall, uh, unique, but, but good. Um, you know, I'm just happy to actually be out officiating. I think like some of the kids and coaches we talk to, I think they're just happy to have the opportunity to, um, you know, practice and play games. Well, as we get into this program, uh, the segments are, are broken into um, uh, segments, just like a basketball game. We've got the pregame, the first and second quarters. We go into halftime. And then we have our third and fourth quarter, followed by the post game, and then our five quick decisions. So first, let's take a listen to Matt Kearns and PQ2 LLC, who is our major sponsor, before we head into the pregame. Hey, Ref, if your day job requires engineering thermoplastics, connect with PQ2 LLC and have a thorough candid and honest pregame discussion about your next injection molding, extrusion, or blow molded project. Make the right call to PQ2 LLC. That's www.pq-2.com. Well, welcome back to the pregame, and uh, Angelo, as as we do in the pregame, we kind of get to know each other a little bit, and we did that earlier in the game, but the pregame we can do a little bit more by talking about your journey into officiating. How did you get into it? Okay. Um, I think I mentioned earlier I played basketball growing yeah. up, so it was my first love from an athletic uh, standpoint, but um, when I was in college, I coached junior high at one of the local schools here. Once I finished college, I got a real job. So that really precluded me from having the opportunity to spend time coaching. Um, so I had actually gotten out of basketball for a year or two. I, I got back into officiating. Um, a buddy of mine ran a sports complex where they had indoor soccer and basketball. And he was looking for an official, I guess. Um, they got stuck somehow. Uh, somebody canceled on him. He's like, hey, you played basketball. You know what you're doing. Go out and help me officiate. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, I was very reluctant at first because, uh, you know, I was like, I don't, I don't know how to officiate. 
I mean, I played, yeah, I, I understand. I think I understand. And like most of the guys who, you know, maybe played but never officiated, yeah, I, I understand the game, but um, you come to find out you really don't understand the game. So, uh, I, you know, I, I relented and went out and officiated in a Saturday afternoon for him uh, and just, uh, you know, enjoyed it. Enjoyed it enough where I, I continued to do it for a while eventually figured out shit i really don't know what i'm doing um, in some <laughs> cases you know I've, i you know i could run up and down the court i you know i think i understood what a foul was but when the nuances of the rules etc um i was very lacking um but i had that you know maybe that ego that, that macho mentality that oh yeah i played i, I got it you know no big deal i, I know it all which you know, i definitely came to, to learn that I didn't know at all, and I had a long way to go. Um, but did that for a while. Actually, took a, an officiating course from a gentleman, Jerry Fick, uh, here in Southwest Ohio. Uh, took his course because I figured, you know, if I, if I enjoy it, I'd like to continue to do it, but I'd like to get better at it, um, and I'd like to actually know what I'm doing when I'm out there. So, initially, I took it just with the mindset of, you know, I'm going to continue to do this these recreational games. So went in, got licensed through the program 26 years ago now at this point. Uh, continued to do the rec stuff for a while. Uh, but I had, I had met a gentleman by the name of Jeff Ayers in class. And he and I have, have become best friends um, through officiating. And year two came around. Year one, I didn't do any school ball. Um, we, got, we got a late start. And, I, you know, again, I wasn't interested necessarily. But year two, he's like, hey. You know, and back in these days, the varsity officials brought their own JV officials. He's like, why don't you come pair pair up with me and we'll go work with these two varsity officials. We'll do their freshman JV game or JV games um, from that perspective. So I, he and I teamed up and then I you know, I actually reached out to a couple other assigners locally and said, hey, I'm open to do some seventh and eighth grade um, freshman basketball games. Um, you know, year two official you know, here's, here's my open dates. And again, through that uh, growth and experience of just getting out and working games, I, I've really come to love officiating. Um, and I think my family will tell you, maybe I love it too much in some cases, <laughs> but uh, uh, it's been just a, a wonderful experience. Um, you know, I've, I've made some of my best friends or, or officials, obviously the guys I speak to the majority of the time, um, our other officials, uh, and again, this time of year is, is great for us. We just, you know, we get on the phone and we'll just kick around. Hey, what happened in your game last night? Here's what happened, et cetera. So, um, for me, I, you know, I didn't necessarily have the intention of, of working, you know, high school or any of that basketball. I just, I just did it, you know, to make some cash on the side from a rec perspective. But, uh, Again, I've come to love it and come to enjoy it. And, you know, it's, I wouldn't trade it for the world at this point. How long did it take for you to do your first varsity game, and do you remember that game? Um, let's see. I think I was in my fourth, fourth or fifth year. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I was still doing some freshman JV, seventh, eighth grade, and it was later in the season. I think like any time later in the season, uh, some of these veteran officials, you know, get hurt or something occurs. And so I, I got uh, the opportunity to work a girls varsity game um, midweek sometime. 
Um, so the first one out of the shoot, and uh, yeah, I I don't really remember the game per se. I, I just remember you know I was assigned to the JV, and the assigner called me and said, "Hey, it's time to move up to the big leagues. <laughs> I need you to work the varsity game." I said, "Well, if you think I'm ready, you know." Again, and I was probably a little cocky at that point, um, so I was thought I was ready. You know, a little bit younger in age, could still run a little better than I do today. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, so, but uh, nothing, you know, nothing unique. I remember going out working the game, and then um, from that point on, he, he actually gave me a couple more varsity games before the end of the season. And the following year, I got to a, you know, maybe. Uh, three fourths, one fourth varsity, you know, JV type schedule, and then the year after that, it was pretty much full varsity uh, on the boys and girls side. So, uh, like I said, I, I've had a great time with it. Really enjoyed myself, and you know, just met. It's it's more about the people. It's mm-hmm. not the games necessarily. Uh, it's been more about the people, the, the friends, and the acquaintances I've made over the years uh, through officiating that. Again, I you know just thank the Lord that I've had the opportunity to meet some of these folks. Absolutely, and and we'll definitely be talking about you know that brother and sisterhood and officiating because it is such a critical element. But talk a little bit about some of the lessons that you might have learned early in your career. You talked a little bit um, about how you know you were probably a little too cocky and and uh, thought you knew everything. And, you know, I think a lot of us do when we first get into our first varsity season. But, um, yeah, talk a little bit about those lessons that you learned early in your, your career that maybe really impacted you. Yeah, um, I think the, one of the main things I learned was patience. Um, and, and I say that, you know, and I, and I preach this to some of our younger officials again. Uh, uh, you know, I'll call it, quote-unquote, rabbit ears from a, a sense you know, and it, it became uh, something I think I can't remember who told me this but it's listen to the message listen to the message itself and not how it's delivered necessarily um, again basketball very you know passionate game uh, from that perspective you know sometimes how the message is delivered uh, is not as important as the message itself. Um, so again, patience and the ability to listen, um, you know, and, and I think somebody told me treat officiating like you would sales. And for me, I'm, I'm in sales from mm-hmm. a career standpoint. So it's, it's really listen 90% of the time, you know, speak 10% of the time, but again, have the ability to slow down, comprehend what's being said, uh, maybe not how it's being said, and then use that to your advantage. Um, again, use that from a learning perspective. Use it from a feedback perspective. Uh, so that was one of the things that um, impacted me, at least early on, was just have patience. Because again, not everything is going to go right. But if you can slow down, and again, like anything else, um, you know, moving from freshman to JV to varsity, you know, the game is a little bit more physical, a lot more faster, and the ability for you to have patience to see a play, you know, to see a play develop, to see a play finish, 
and then for you and to take that in, into your progress uh, perspective and, and say, okay, yeah, I think I got that call correct because um, I was able to see it start, develop, and finish. And again, have the patience to again let that play start, develop, and then primarily finish from that perspective. <clears throat> Talk a little bit about the pregame and uh, what kind of things do you cover? What are some of the important things that uh, need to be covered in a pregame? Um, uh, primarily for me, communication first and foremost, for both verbal and nonverbal communication among, uh, between partners. Um, I, I, you know, again, I may not have to talk to you a whole lot during the game, but I definitely need to see you and I definitely need to have um, eye to eye contact to understand you know, what you're doing and, and what I'm doing from that perspective. So, you know, we, I really try to focus on open communication uh, first and foremost. Um, you know, the other part is if you're working with guys who you're not typically working with um, on a night to night basis, th- the second part of that is dialogue. Um, and, and I say dialogue, but again, everyone having an equal voice, everyone having an equal opportunity. And for me, I try to, you know, I, I tell guys, you know, we may have different philosophies. We may have different officiating styles. We need to get those to mesh somehow um, because I can't be doing it one way. You know, you do it a different way or you, you two do it a different way because um, we're not going to have a good game, obviously. So. You know, I'll really try to focus on building that communication, building that comfort level uh, with my partners to say, hey, I'll adjust. You know, I'm not, I'm, you know, that's one thing. I was cocky back in the day. You know, now I'm just, you know, really looking forward to to being out on the court and having the opportunity to work with guys. So I'm not too big to say, um, hey, you know, if your style's a little differently, I'll, I'll work my rear end off to adjust my style to match yours as best we can um, so that we have some consistency on both ends of the court and consistency for both uh, teams and, and the coaches from that perspective. So, again, really, uh, you know, first and foremost, is, is if you can communicate, if you can get on the same page, um, you know, I tell our new class, you know, as a teacher, if you can do two things, if you can give me a fist or give me an open hand, I can work with you because at least by, you know, from that point of communication, again, you can blow your whistle and it's an open hand. I got a pretty fair idea of what we're doing. If you blow your whistle, you got a fist. I got a pretty fair idea of what's going on. So, um, that communication again, be it nonverbal, be it verbal in some cases, is really what I focus and hone upon in pre-games uh, when I, we get out, especially with newer officials. That puts the end to our pre-game, so we're going to head to the first quarter, but first we want to hear from PQ2 LLC. Hey, ref, this is Matt Kearns with PQ2 LLC. Call me to discuss your next injection-molded plastic resin buy. You'll realize it was a great call. We've been in the plastics business for over 40 years and are thrilled to work closely with world-class customers and best-in-class domestic and global suppliers. You can expect complete transparency through every step of your polymer sourcing process. 
This year marks my 34th year of officiating basketball in the state of Ohio, and I'm sending my best wishes to you for a safe, successful, and fun year on the hardwoods. Hey ref, click on www.pq-2.com. First quarter comes in and we talk about coaches and communication. So, uh, Angelo, talk a little bit about some, maybe some specific encounters or examples with a coach that might help bring some value um, on maybe how you dealt with the coach and and uh, in bringing the uh, situation from escalating back down. Okay. Uh, you know, I think our job is to try to, to de-escalate um, tense situations. Again, basketball is a very passionate sport. Coaches are very passionate about what they do from a teaching perspective and uh, very competitive, obviously, because I think you know, any, every coach I've met, they all want to win. Um, so it's, you know, that game is the most important thing to them at that point. So, um, again, I think I mentioned patience and, and really having the ability to listen not necessarily listen to uh, again how the message is delivered because a lot of times it's delivered with passion but listen to the message itself so you know i'll let coaches i'll, I'll say vent a little bit uh, but you know my my primary focus is to use the rules in terms of answering questions um, you know again and, and and i'll freely admit there's some rules i don't like <laughs> but, and i'll tell a coach that it's like i didn't write the rules i'm just here to enforce them the way they're written uh, I may not agree with him personally. Obviously, you may not agree with it. Uh, but again, at, at this point, it's really, uh, you know, the rules are the rules. Um, and again, we're here to just enforce them. Uh, so, yeah, I, again, will tend to listen. I, I'm not real necessarily real big on, you know, giving out a lot of technicals. I think maybe a little earlier on, I probably wasn't as patient and gave out a few more technicals back back in the uh, younger days but you know as we've gotten older as you've gotten to know some of these coaches you know year over year and some of their styles and the same thing that you know they've learned you know my style in a sense um, it, it's just the communication aspect of working with a coach working with players uh, obviously is important I think that's one thing that again <clears throat> the better communicator you can be and really from a communication standpoint the better listener you can be the better and more successful you'll be long term as an official yeah that's a great point and uh definitely definitely agree with everything that you said about that and, and communication and how important that is any memorable teas that you remember distributing when you were younger that might have a humorous story with it <laughs> um uh yeah i do have one that was uh, you know, I thought it was humorous. Um, we were Saturday night game. Um, it was Talawanda and Ross, and, and Talawanda re wasn't real talented. Uh, they had a point guard who actually is a senior this year. He's really good, really good player this year. But you know, his he was starting as a freshman, and he was five eight. You know, maybe one hundred and ten pounds, soaking wet. <laughs> and he was he was going against a senior who was a pretty good athlete um, so and you know Talawanda it's late third quarter they're probably down 20 at this point and this kid the point guard for Talawanda is bringing the ball up court and this the uh, 
guard for Ross is just all over him. Yeah, you know, moving his feet just all over this kid. Um, and it ends up knocking the ball out of bounds right in front of the Talawanda coach in the front court. So he proceeds to start screaming at me about a, for a foul. Uh-huh. And, you know, I say, I said, foul? I said, coach, if we could teach all our kids to play defense like this kid has been playing defense, we'd be a hell of a lot better off. <laughs> I guess he didn't like that answer. So he proceeded to get up in my face and I gave him about 30 seconds of just letting him vent. Um, didn't say a word back, just, you know, face to face, almost like that uh, commercial where the, the one coach is screaming in the official's ear. Um, so I'd let him go for, it seemed like 30, it may not have been 30 seconds or so. Uh, didn't say a word, uh, you know, let him stop. And he looked at me and said, do you have anything to say? I said, said no but I you know so I, I stepped back you know and I was gonna give him a technical just because you know he, he's sitting there screaming at me and I wasn't gonna get shown up in front of everybody so um I said no I just think that's good defense like I said you know I'll, I'll stick with my uh, argument initially ended up stepping back giving him a tee <laughs> and for some reason the student section for Ross just exploded. You know, they thought it might have been the funniest thing in the world. I mean, they're up there screaming and laughing and yelling. And I, I was trying to be nice to the guy. I was like, you know, I, you're getting your butt kicked. I'm going to let you vent. Go ahead. You know, you're, you're going to end up getting a tea at the end of this. But, uh, yeah, for some reason, you know, they thought it was great. And then my partner said, you know, afterwards, and I, you know, after the game, he's like, that's the most amazing thing I had seen. You know, you just sat there and, and took a an ass whooping for about thirty seconds. Calmly stepped back, gave him a technical, and moved on. I said, well, I, "I said I think he wanted one." You know, I don't know. I'm not sure he did or not, but uh, I, I said I was going to at least, you know, he was going to earn it. You know, I wasn't going to, you know, cut him off and right. make it short. So, but uh, yeah, I, you know, and again, he. He was there for a year or two, and then he's no longer at Talawanda. Yeah. They've got a new coaching staff there, so I did get a chance to, to see him the following year to say, yeah, I don't know what you thought about that, but at, at least I was giving you the opportunity to vent. Right. So, <laughs> but uh, that, that was just, you know, again, I look back on it, and, and really my partners, you know, afterwards just, you know, were amazed at, at how it was handled. I said, well, I don't know. I'm not good at giving out technicals, I guess. I don't give out enough of them anymore, so maybe I didn't handle it properly. I'm not sure, but... Well, know, a lot of times we people, got, expect, ex- people expect you to wind up and, and make a spectacle, and nah. there's nothing wrong with doing... You know, if you're going to distribute a tea, and, and look, quite honestly, none of us enjoy giving a tea. Um, oh. And when you have the opportunity to give one, to be able to do it professionally and uh, just uh, just get it done and get going to the next procedure is the best way to do it, anyways. Yeah, I would uh, wholeheartedly agree with that yeah. assessment. Yeah, I mean, I'm not. Again, I think as I've gotten older and maybe a little, hopefully, more patient in my in my you know older days here compared to the uh, the youth aspect of it. Uh, I just I'm not big on. You know, if you deserve a technical, um, you you've earned one when I when I give you one. Yep. So realistically, I you know I'll I'll give you enough of rope to hang yourself in a sense um, if you really want one uh, from that perspective. So, 
Yeah, that's a phrase I've heard quite a bit. So that's <laughs> that's a good <laughs> phrase to use. Uh, okay, so that puts the end of the first quarter. We're going to head to the second quarter. We'll be right back. Hey, Ref. Objectivity, integrity, and experience. All hallmarks of a quality basketball official. At PQ2 LLC, we bring those traits and an unmatched passion for our customers' successful plastic application by being a one-stop shop for thermoplastic resins. Visit our website at www.pq-2.com. Real needs, practical solutions, and exponential results. PQ2 LLC. Our second quarter, we talk about players and communication. So talk a little bit, Angelo, about uh, working with the players on the floor. What's helped you the, the most in communicating with those players? Um, I, you know, personally, I, I think it's having an understanding of the game. Um, now, the, the game's definitely changed from the time I played you know, 40, 30, 40 years ago. Yeah. Um, but I think really you know, understanding where they're coming from in a sense and, and the hard work and effort they put in and being able to communicate that to those guys that again, you know, I, I really, I'll try to find one or two that I can get on my side, quote unquote, and at least will listen to me um, without the condescending attitude and, and at least understand that, Hey, I, I, I'm willing to work with you. If you can work with me. And again, yeah, I understand you want to win. Um, I'm here, you know, I love basketball. You know, I'm, I'm giving up a couple hours of my time for, you know, $65. Um, yeah, I'm not getting rich by any means. So, again, I understand I'm here the same reason you're here, because I love basketball. Uh, and I want to be the best at what I do the same way you want to be the best at what you do. So from a communication standpoint, it's really just trying to, you know, get them to understand that I'm not here to be the bad guy. Um, you know, I'm not here to be Mr. Policeman. I'm just here to have a little fun the same way you're trying to have fun to get better at what we're doing. And then really just work with you, work with the coaching staff um, to give you the best officiated game. Hopefully you'll have this year. Uh, and that's really the goal when I you know, walk in. It's, you know, I want to be the best official they see all year. I want to have the best crew that they see all year um, and again getting players to understand that uh, you know but again really you're going to have some who have you know good attitudes some who have bad attitudes uh, if I can get the ones with good attitudes to help me you know offset the ones with bad attitudes and, and maybe get them to understand that you know hey I'm willing to work with you but your teammate's going to hurt your team here if you can't help me help him Mm-hmm. Um, or help her mm-hmm. so uh you know and, and i'm open to speaking with players um, i know some guys you know aren't necessarily um, that open um, you know again i'm i'm open to speaking to coaches i'll, I'll listen to an assistant coach in, in most cases um, but you know realistically from a player's perspective it's find the, that one or two that can help you manage the game um amongst their teammates so uh, 
you know, my goal again is, you know, let's have a good, fun game. Um, you know, again, I, you know, I, for $65 to go and work a varsity game, I better have some fun. Um, I'm not going to be miserable because one of your teammates is making me miserable or your, one of your coaches is making me miserable. So I try to get that across to the kids in a polite way. Um, again, I don't, I don't mean to be, uh, you know, an authoritarian figure. I just need them to get them to understand that, hey, we're all out here to have fun. And let's have fun. Um, this is a game that's, for, for most of us, you know, it's, it's short-lived. Uh, once we get past our high school years, we, you know, it becomes recreational versus competitive for the majority of the players. So, you know, let's have fun while we're out here doing it at this point. I've, I've seen a lot on TV this year, uh, and I've had a little bit more time over the holidays to watch um, to watch some college basketball, but I've noticed, uh, especially with like dead ball officiating, I've noticed uh, officials have, oh, uh, maybe they're talking about a previous play to a player, or maybe they're talking about uh, what they're going to eat after the game, but I'm sure, it's, I'm sure it's about the game because I see them talking situational with their hands. Do you find yourself doing that during dead balls, talking to the players about some of the things that happened during the game, uh, or do you kind of stay away from that? Um, I, I do on occasion. I'll, I'll explain um, a call, uh, and more so if it's a foul call. Uh, and again, I, I'm, I'm not going to try to coach the player per se, mm -hmm. but I will uh, try to explain to them, you know, here's why this foul was called on you, or, or here's why... Yes, whatever the case may be, um, but you know, I, I am open to giving them an explanation. Um, I may not initiate that conversation. I, I will. I'll ask. I'll wait for them to ask. Um, you know what happened, or you know what they did wrong per se. But um, I am open to definitely taking time to communicate. And again, I, I don't know if "teach" is the right word because again, I, I don't want to coach a player necessarily. I believe, you know, that's up to the coach to do. But, again, maybe from a teaching perspective. And, and again, I have no problem explaining a rule and why something was a foul or, or why a, a play was called the way it was called based upon a rule um, from that perspective. So I am definitely open to uh, to at least answering questions. Well, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll head to the third and fourth <laughs> quarters. Followed by post-game and a lighthearted five quick decisions. We'll be right back. Hey, ref. This is Matt Kearns, and I'm honored and proud that PQ2 LLC is sponsoring my very good friend and former co-official Mark Fralich and the High School Basketball Referee Podcast. I love plastics manufacturing and making things happen in the world of engineering, resin, distribution, and compounding. But come on, there's nothing like game night. A packed gym, the place is rocking, and we leave the floor knowing our crew gave the players and coaches our best, right? I truly hope you enjoy these podcasts, and thank you for your continued support of the High School Basketball Referee Podcast and PQ2 LLC. Tonight's tip, nobody came to see us officiate, so make sure the kids are the stars on game night.
Welcome back for the third quarter. In the third quarter, we talk about officials, communications, crew dynamics. But before we get to the questions, Matt Kearns and PQ2 LLC want to tell you this. Hey, ref. Rule 1, Section A, Article 3 in the Project Management Rulebook says trusting your business partner gives you the best chance to launch your new plastics project application. Make PQ2 LLC part of your crew on your next thermoplastic resin application. Call 330-888-9448 and ask for our in-house basketball official and owner, Matt Kearns. Welcome back. We're into the third quarter now where we talk about basketball officials, the communication and crew dynamics. So let's talk a little bit, uh, Angelo, about officials and what we can do throughout the game to improve our crew cohesiveness, whether that's in pregame, halftime, or even during timeouts. What kind of things do you look at uh, or kind of things that you pinpoint that, that, uh, those, uh, uh, that we can improve that crew cohesiveness? Um. Mark, I'd say the first thing is obviously I can go back goes back to communication. And communication's ongoing from pregame to you know, to post game. Um, it, it's really you know, if we can communicate verbally, non verbally, um, I think that helps build our cohesiveness uh within within a game. Um, you have a game within a game at times and like I said, you know, I tell my guys uh, when I'm there, you know, my goal is for us to be the best team out on the court. Um, you know, we're the third team, but we're going to be the best team tonight. And so a lot of that goes in from the communication standpoint of the pregame and making sure that we're all you know, uh, on the same page, for lack of a better term, that we're all there uh, to have fun first and foremost. And again, we're definitely uh, going to work through and just try to build upon the communication aspect, uh, build upon, you know, the cohesiveness, build upon the consistency amongst within our crew on both ends of the court. Um, so again, I think it's an ongoing dynamic uh, that can be addressed during timeouts, definitely at halftime. Um, you know, if there's a review at halftime, Hey, you called this play in this manner. Can you tell me what, what you saw? So make sure that if we have a similar play on the other end, we can call it in a similar fashion. Uh, so, again, you know, I, I think we're the uh, – we're the uh, – let's, let's try to find the, the proper terminology here. We're the, we're the team no one likes. Um, you know, half of them rooting for white, half of them are rooting for you know, red, and then we're the third team out there that no one wants us to be there. So – Again, uh, you know, I try to find out and, and say, guys, we got to have fun. You know, we're going to piss off half the people every time we blow our whistle. You know, we're going to make half of them happy. Half of them are going to be mad. The next time you blow it, the other half are going to be happy and the other half are going to be mad. So let's just make sure that we're giving them a good called game. Uh, and that, again, we're doing it in a consistent manner. When you're officiating, and now that you're a veteran, uh, when you're officiating uh, throughout the season, um, 
What advice do you have for younger officials who maybe you see in the JV game uh, and they want to move up from the lower levels up to the varsity? Well, yeah, I think there's really three primary, um, maybe four, but I'll, I'll give you the first three. I think number one is just if you hustle, you know, and everyone has the ability to hustle. Uh, you know, what's, what stands apart is the, the official who actually works hard and is trying to get to a position to make that proper call versus someone who I'll say is, you know, maybe doing it at half speed or, or loafing in some cases. Uh, so, you know, number one, if you hustle, at least the coach, the assigner, you know, the varsity, they, they know you want to be there. So they know you're putting effort in. Um, number two is good mechanics. Um, yeah, and I tell most JV guys that, you know, we all have a pretty good understanding of rules for the most part. Good, you know, some maybe a little better than others, but um, yeah, I think we all have fairly similar judgment for the most part. Um, what's going to set you apart is, is your mechanics. What's going to set you apart is your appearance. So if you if you're crisp with your mechanics, if you hustle on top of that, if you definitely have a good rules knowledge would be the third thing. But, you know, the, those first two are, are more appearance related. And again, how you look, um, do you have confidence blowing the whistle? You know, are you crisp with your mechanics? Um, are you, when you move, are you moving with a purpose? Do you move with a purpose to the table? Do you move with a purpose away from the table? Uh, you know, if you're just going through the motions to make, you know, 50, $65, it, it's going to show. And I think that's, what's going to hold you back um, from that perspective. So, you know, from a younger perspective, younger officiating standpoint, uh, again, if you're doing JV, you've got a pretty good understanding of how to call a basketball game. Uh, you've got a pretty good understanding of the rules knowledge at that point. You know, what's going to set you apart is your appearance and part of that appearance is, again, how your mechanics look. Um, and, again, the other part is, you know, do you, if you hustle. If, if you hustle, I think that's going to be the one thing. If you don't hustle, um, that's going to hold you back more so than anything else. This quarter, we uh, uh, have an opportunity to talk uh, and answer questions from other officials. So, um one of the questions that came to me uh, from an official out of Indiana was this, and I, I want to get your response to this. I'm a young official, high school basketball official, and have fortunately begun to move up the tournament ladder very quickly. This has caused many veteran officials to not speak to me or offer me advice. How do I gain their respect? First and foremost, I say congratulations for doing it the right way, because obviously someone's taking notice. And if you're moving up the, uh, the the ladder very quickly, that's, you know, kudos to how you're doing it. Um, yeah, and that's a tough scenario because, again, I, I think he's he or she is probably overstepping some of these more veteran officials. And, again, I, you know, I would almost tell you if you're a veteran official, you know, you have to look in the mirror and, and you know, are you doing it the right way? You know, why is this younger official moving up? Mark, I don't know if I have a great answer or not in terms of, you know, speaking to offering advice, but, you know, again, it's more 
I think, on, on us as the veteran officials to help these younger officials. Um, you know, and again, if, if we get passed up, that's great. Yeah, I always tell the guys on, you know, in our class and our, at our meetings, you know, I'm selfish. I want to be working with officials who are better than I am each and every game um, as part of my crew. So, again, what I want is to have young officials who are better than me, who, who again, who have been taught better than I have been, who are able to, again, progress um, up that ladder um, from a perspective. You know, the, the legacy aspect of trying to, to lead this game you know, better than you found it or trying to lead the association better than you found it, I think is part of it. Uh, but... Yeah, that's a, a, a tough one for that that young official, you know. But I, I'd tell him, you know, find a group who is willing to help, who's willing, you know, you, you have good friends uh, who are willing to talk to you and, and work through. Uh, and again, I think you are going to have guys who, you know, in this profession, who will take it personally that again, maybe you're. You're progressing, your career is progressing in a different pattern than theirs. And those may be the people you don't want to, to, you know, have to worry about and have to talk to again. But, you know, find those other ones who do have the same goals, who, who do have the same ambitions, who do have the same attitude that you have to, again, you know, do it the right way, make the game better um, in the grand scheme of things. So, yeah, uh, I don't want to say avoid, but. You know, definitely find those veterans who who are willing to help you. Um, uh, again, you know, from a respect standpoint, yeah, I, I think you, you let your work speak for itself. You know, that's how you gain respect. Uh, you know, again, they, guys may not like to get passed up, but I think they will respect you if they see that you're doing it the right way. And so I'd say keep doing it the way you're doing it keep getting better at what you're doing and again you know find your group who would definitely um, I don't want to say just be yes men but definitely will help you continue to get better that's a great response that really is a great response that is also the end of the third quarter we're going to head to the fourth quarter we'll be right back hey ref the fourth quarter is crunch time With the outcome of the game in the balance, a hoops official's greatest assets are experience, knowledge, and game management skills. And when that final buzzer sounds and we return to the locker room for our post-game debrief, we know we've done our best. When it comes to plastic resins, PQ2 LLC brings the same experience, knowledge, and management skills to every client engagement. Our observations are focused, our solutions are practical, and our results are exponential. Check us out at www.pq-2.com to learn how we've earned our stripes. We begin the fourth quarter, and this is loaded with a variety of questions. Uh, The first one we always start with is the scenario with the game tied at 60. Five seconds to go in the game. Team A has the ball inbounds underneath their own basket and has called a timeout. Uh, Angelo, what are you and your partners going to discuss during the timeout? Yeah, first and foremost, get, every, get us together, and, and we're going to talk about the scenario. Uh, 
you know, again, what do we anticipate Team A is looking to do? Uh, yeah, is it going to be a screen? Will it be a long pass of some sort? Will it be, you know, again, 60-60? Is it going to be a lob to the big man inside? Uh, but it's really mentally preparing to count down that five seconds um, and being laser focused upon what happens once the ball is, is handed off to be put into play. Uh, so again, those are the five most important seconds at that point just because the game is tied, but it's really just trying to discuss, you know, what scenarios we think are going to occur. Um, you know, last shot, if we have a scenario where, you know, again, mechanically, the official across the table doesn't get a good look. How are we going to handle, you know, making sure that that shot is off in time or not off in time? You know, how do we give that help to the, that official? So it, it's really all about just making sure that, again, we're prepared to see everything that's going to occur in that last five seconds. When you look at officiating, what do you gain from it professionally and maybe even in your personal life? Uh, the, the biggest thing is really just the communication aspect of it, dealing with people. Um, from a professional standpoint, I mean, being in sales, uh, it, it's really the communication of being able to be a better listener. Um, because again, you know, in basketball, you hear it very passionately, um, you know, in a day-to-day -day standpoint, uh, it's not as passionate, but there's still a message behind what's there. There's, there's a goal that each, that person is looking for and that coach is looking for, you know, typically it may be just to win the game, to win the championship, to, to win a state championship, whatever it may be. But, um, the biggest thing I get is, you know, communication, relationships, and that's really the biggest thing uh, from a you know, personal perspective is just the relationships that have been built both from with fellow officials, other coaches, um, some case players who have gotten into officiating after their playing careers have ended. So, uh, you know, more so for me, it's really just the ability to deal with other people. You know, you've been doing this 26 years. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of memorable games that you've had, and you talked a little bit about um, uh, one of them, I think, uh, earlier in this podcast. But um, any other games that you remember uh, that really just kind of stick out in your mind? <laughs> yeah, the one, and again, not for a great reason, is I was working a state final. Um, the girls' state final, and uh, about midway through the first quarter, you know, I felt something popping in uh, my hamstring oh. and, and I just, man, it, it, you know, I tried to, to go a couple more minutes, which I did, uh, but, uh, ended up tearing a, a tendon off of my hamstring wow. and, uh, unfortunately had to have the, luckily had, had the alternate official come in and finish the game, uh, while I went back to the medical, uh, tent basically with, with the trainer. So, uh, it wasn't wasn't uh, you know very excited obviously very pumped up you know state championship game yeah. uh, Saturday Saturday up in uh, at, let's see this one was I think I think it was at Value City at Schottenstein and uh, you know to to have that happen uh, was just very very disappointing to say the least uh, from 
from my, my perspective. So memorable and, and not so good of a way, unfortunately for me personally. Yeah, that would have been, that would have been devastating. Um, cause you, <laughs> you work hard during the season and then all of a sudden bang, you're, you're done at the first quarter. And, uh, yeah. All right. Well, that's the end of the fourth quarter. We're going to head to the post game. We'll be right back. Hey, ref, good game. When a coach or player acknowledge your effort at the end of a contest, it can make the difference between a fun ride home or one where you're questioning every call you made in total silence. In business, it's no different when the customer values your performance and takes the time to let you know. Visit www.pq-2.com forward slash about to read customer testimonials and then call us at 330-888-9448 to discuss your next plastic application needs. Never ride home wondering if you made the right call. Well, the post game, uh, you know, Angelo, you talked about this several times on how important it is uh, that uh, that you have your brother officials and sister officials who are there for you and, and some of your best friends are in officiating. And that really, for a lot of people, is the best part of officiating, the brother and sisterhood of that. So talk a little bit about how important that is to you um, and maybe give some examples of um, of that importance of, of the officiating brother and sisterhood. Yeah. Um... I, I appreciate the question first and foremost. So thank you for asking this because I think this is the most important part of, of officiating, uh, to say the least. It's yeah, if you get into it for the money, you're in you're in it for the wrong reasons. If you get in it because of the of people and the ability to love the game, you're doing it for the right reasons. And again, I've made more best friends through basketball um, than, than I care to you know, really expound upon. So, um, you know, I've got a couple of friends I've got, you know, I talk to them every day, basically, you know, we just, we'll get together and talk about, you know, what's going on, um, talk about what happened in a game and really just, you know, talk about, I will say the mentorship, but you, you really reflect back to that question of, um, you know, veteran officials and, and going, I was very lucky to have a group of friends who I could call when I'm having a bad situation or a good situation. So it's really the people make officiating. Uh, again, if you get into this, especially at the high school level, and I won't speak for college or, or NBA officials, but if you get into this high school and below, you're not doing it for the money. And if you are in it for the money, you're, you're in it for the wrong reason uh, from that perspective. So again it, it really is about the brotherhood sisterhood and really having someone who understands where you're coming from um you know i think my wife gets on me about you know my good friend matt and i you know we speak every day and she's like you know he speaks to you more than i speak to you during basketball season uh, i i don't think that's true she she probably would disagree with me but uh it, it's really just having the ability and, you know, the opportunity to you know, pick up the phone, to get out and work together with guys, you know, you know, we're all in it for the love of the game. I think uh, at least 90% of us are, um, 
again, like I said, money is not the primary, the motivating factor for, for doing this. Um, you know, I think you could mark, and maybe you, maybe you may disagree, but I think you could take your two, oh, two and a half hours, you know, and find a better use than going out and making 60, $65 to officiate a game. Um, so it's, it's not about the money per se, but it really is about the camaraderie and the ability to just be around good people who have a, a similar passion, have a similar love for something. Um, and that's really what it, what makes this fun. I wholeheartedly agree. And, and uh, I was going to say, that's all you get is 65 for a game, but I was just, I was just going to be kidding. I was just going to be kidding. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you... uh, yeah, 65, 70, you might get 70 and get lucky and get 70 in some leagues here locally. But, uh, yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah, but it's, uh, it's yeah, I, the money. It, it definitely isn't. And, you know, I know uh, I get phone calls a lot during the week and uh, I don't know who in the heck would call me if I uh, if I didn't have basketball officiating. And uh, <laughs> it, it really is uh, the importance of of having those friendships. Uh, boy, I've mm-hmm. made just a ton of friends and it's a it's a great, great thing. And and yeah, the longer you're into it, you know, the, like you're 26 years and, and I'm in 23 you know, the longer you're into it, the more friendships you build. And even the guys that have gotten out of officiating, you know, they still contact me and that, that makes it worthwhile too. So that's the, the best, you're right. It's, it's the best part about this. Yeah. It's, it, it's people 100%. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah. And you talked about, you're gonna meet, go ahead. Yeah. I say you're going to meet some of the best people, you know, and people that you never would have crossed paths with yeah. in, in this grand scheme of life uh, without basketball officiating. And it's not just from your area either, which is the best part about oh, no. this is, is that, you know, as you go down the tournament path, you know, you meet people and you see the same people every year and, and they're, they're happy to see you. And it's, it's, uh, uh, it's just not about, you know, Hey, how you doing? It's, it's, again, you talk about that relationship and, and it, and it begins to build every year. And that's the beauty of this whole thing. Uh, 100% agreed. Yeah. And you talked a little bit about your wife uh, as well. Talk about uh, family life. And, and um, you know, we all know that that has an impact, that officiating has an impact uh, on on a family life. Um, talk about how you've been able to balance that over the last 26 years. And, <laughs> and maybe, you know, I if you're like any other official, you know, the, the balancing is is one thing with our opinion and, and another balance with an, uh, somebody else's opinion. But, um, but yeah. you know, either way, we have to balance that in our lives. And uh, talk about how you do that and what's been successful for you. Um, yeah, I'm probably not the best person to ask this question, especially if you would probably freak half this up my wife. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely try to make time um, with family. Yeah, having kids grow up and I, you know, wanted to be there for, for their activities, uh, which was important to me, but, uh, it, it really is, you've, you've got to have a solid family life and you have to have a, a spouse or a partner who supports you in what you do. Um, uh, if you don't, uh, you will be miserable. Um, and I, and I've been fortunate, you know, my wife gets on me about maybe being away from too often um during the week sometimes maybe on a weekend but uh, you know she does support what i do and, and so i'm very fortunate and if you do not have that spouse who will support you um, 
you will not last long in officiating. So again, Mark, you know, 23 years for yourself, I think 26 for me. And I assume, you know, your, your kids are pretty supportive, yep. but your wife, uh, your spouse has to be very supportive of what you do. And again, it, there's a fine line um, because, you know, I, if you do, you know, high school, high school sports, especially, there's going to be a, a game probably every Friday night that you're going to be involved in. Right. So it's, it's how do you balance, you know, I'm gone every Friday night. You know, that's, that's when your wife maybe wants to go out to dinner with, with another couple or, you know, some family, friends, etc. So you definitely need to find the time to, um, uh, if you want to call it date night, if you want to call it just, you know, something where you can get away, put basketball away for a, a day, an evening, uh, and again, focus upon family, focus upon your spouse. Uh, it, it's the only way you're going to make it long term uh, from that perspective. So, but but number one, first and foremost, um, if your spouse doesn't support what you do, uh, it's not going to work for you long term. Uh, so, again, if you can. You know, and again, part of mine is I think I had a passion for basketball. I had a passion for officiating when, when uh, you know, my wife and I met, and I think she knew that. And so, again, it, it's not something that's new and unique to her uh, from that perspective. So, you know, she, she sees, you know, what basketball does for me uh, from a personal perspective, you know, the joy it brings, um, you know, the camaraderie with my brotherhood, with my sisterhood of officials. So, uh, that really helps balance out how things uh, work for me from that perspective. That is the end of the post game. We are going to head to five quick decisions. We'll be right back. Hey, ref. PQ2 LLC is proud to be the thermoplastic resin company that dares to be different. Call Matt Kearns at 330 330- Eight 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 nine four four eight, and ask what makes PQ2 LLC different. Officials cite relationships within the community of basketball officials as a huge reason why we take the floor each game night year after year. PQ2 LLC brings the same passion you have in the locker room to every client relationship we've built over the years. Well, we are back with the five quick decisions, our final segment with uh, this episode. And so the first question is always this, what's the best food that you've ever received at a facility? Oh boy, I think it was, uh, um, we go up to Shelby County on occasion. I can't remember which facility it was, but they had some kind of pulled pork sandwich they offered us at the end of the game. And it was fabulous. Uh, It was yeah, one of those where it's like, man, it's, you know, hey, Stan, send me up there every every time, please. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, that was probably some of the better food. Uh, it, it definitely was better than the you know the, the leftover hot dog or leftover pizza that's uh, sometimes offered, which is very nice of them to do. But uh, uh, yeah, this I remember the sandwich. Just boy, it was tasty. Yeah, oh yeah, tasty. Anytime you can get a hot pulled pork sandwich, can't beat it. Yeah. Yeah. If there's one rule that you could change in high school basketball, what would it be? Uh, six foot closely guarded rule. You know, I'm, I'm, 
you know, older, slower. I think I can guard some of these kids if you give me six feet. Um, I'd like to see it move down to maybe three feet, you know, arm's length uh, before the five-second closely guarded count begins. But, uh, again, that's just, you know, my my personal opinion. Um, I don't think anyone's listened to me in, you know, in my 26 years of trying to get that rule changed. So. <laughs> So before I uh, started this podcast, somebody had told me that to be sure to ask him about the baklava. So what makes a good baklava? And kind of give me a little bit of history like you had told me before the podcast started. Yeah, uh, yeah, homemade, first and <laughs> foremost. Um, you know, you you have to have the old Greek lady recipe, which is, you know, where my mom comes into play there. But uh, it, it really comes down to the syrup. And that's what makes the, the baklava. Uh, you know, the the interior is you know almonds, nuts. Um, there's phyllo dough, and, and that's pretty consistent. But uh, it, it really comes down to the amount of syrup, and I, I think a lot of us overdo it in some cases uh, with the amount that's on there because that'll soften up the baklava a little bit. Uh, but again, either you know, and, and you like it or you don't like it uh, from that perspective. So. Um, I've had some officials, and I think you're, you you got the story because we were working a state game um, with a crew. Uh, I don't know if you remember Pam Stewart, but she had we had worked a, a regional game together, and she's like, "Hey, do you you know I'd love some baklava." And I said, "Well, okay, you know, well we I'll bring some up to Columbus for you." Um, and you know, and she didn't. I believe me, I'm pretty sure, but uh, I ended up bringing some to Columbus. Um, and some of the folks up there in the officiating room ended up, you know, she shared it with them. And I think that's how the story of Baklava got back to you, basically, because <laughs> a lot of those folks uh, took a couple pieces with them and uh, partook. And that's the uh, Baklava uh, in Columbus story. Okay. All right. And is this a secret recipe or not? Because otherwise you're going to have to you're going to have to share it with them. Uh, yeah, I, it, it's. I don't know if my mom actually has a recipe. It's it's in her head. Oh. She goes by feel, which is the weirdest thing. Because um, you know, my wife and my sister have asked her to write it down. Yeah, and and sat and tried to make it with her, and, and and she just you know a pinch of this, a pinch of that, throw in a little bit of this, throw in a little bit of that. So uh, it's not one of those where it's you know I, she can give you the ingredients and how to mix them and do things, but. Uh, when it comes to you know, having it actually written down on paper, that that's not happening. No, that's usually when it turns out the best anyways, especially yeah. with uh, somebody that makes it like that. What is the best facility that you've ever worked at? Um, yeah, from a non-college facility, um, actually Mid- Middletown um, here in our area and just built a, a new gym, uh, an arena. And it's very nice. The floor is fabulous. I mean, it, it's like running on air which uh, is good for old guys with bad <laughs> knees like myself. So I appreciate it. It's just a nice facility. It's, it's you know, the, the seats are a little bit higher. Um, the floor is down a little bit. And uh, it, it's just one of those. I, I enjoy going working at that facility at this point. So, Final question. Hopefully the funniest question that we have. What is the funniest thing a fan has ever said to you? Um. <laughs> I was working some rec games. I think it was a fifth grade girls game. Uh, and this was a guy, he had older kids and he had seen me work some varsity. And that, he ended up telling me, I think they finally found the right level 
um, for my skill set, which was fifth grade girls rec. So <laughs> he goes, I think this is where you should be permanently. And I said, well, I appreciate the compliment and uh, leave it at that. So we, I left it at that. I, yeah, I, I didn't want to get into an argument with him at that point. No, I, I, that's a good idea. <laughs> Yeah. Well, hey, uh, Angelo, I, 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 Angelo, I, I thank you very much for your time. Um, it's been a good hour, and I appreciate you taking the time to talk a little bit about officiating and uh, and helping some other officials out here. Uh, Mark, thank you again. I appreciate the invite. It's an honor to be on your show, and uh, you know, I look forward to you know, actually getting a chance to listen to this and per- proceeding from there. So, thank you. Best of luck to you the rest of the season stay healthy. And that closes another episode of the high school basketball referee with Mark Fraley podcast. I appreciate you taking the time to listen until next time. Have a great day, brighten someone's day with a smile and God bless.